Probably size, everyone. I am Matt Kirshen. I am joined by Andy Wood. Hello. And Jesse Case. Hey. Uh, I think I think we should just get straight into this because yes. we've got a pretty cool guest. Very. We're doing back to back SNL. Nah, nah, tone it down. Keep it pretty. Okay. Pretty cool. <laughs> tone down the very. We're going back to back SNL from one of the one of the newest SNL recruits last week to, to OG. Yeah, original series first cast member Lorraine Newman. This is the sound of my voice. <laughs> Hi, Lorraine. Hi. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks, you guys. Happy International Women's Day. Oh, my God. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Lorraine, both um, original cast member of SNL, done a thousand things since, including, I know we have listeners with kids and that kind of thing. You were basically in every animated film that has come out in the last uh, 15 years or so. I guess, yeah, you could say that. Yeah. Oh, it's so fun. It's my favorite thing. Yeah. You were in Box Trolls most recently. Yes. And been in a couple of the Toy Stories. Yes. Uh, Minions, which is coming out. It's going to be so good. Oh, and yeah? Inside Out. Oh, my God. Inside Out. I don't know Inside Out. It hasn't come out yet. Oh, oh. It's a Pixar. It's, it's so brilliant. It's um, basically what goes on inside the brain of a, a girl who's turning into, who's, who's reaching puberty. Yeah. Oh, and I saw And why that. they become so introverted. It, it, it's such a genius project. I love that Pixar is like starting to go for it with stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Wally was the first one where people are like, oh, oh this is, makes me cry. Which you're also in. You know? Yeah. You were in Wally? <laughs> yeah. What were you? I don't remember. I think I'm a, a robot hairdresser. Awesome. You know, it, it's you do a lot of them. It's one of my favorite you do movies. Like a year before they come out, so it's like right. you see the ad for it, and you go, "Why didn't I work on that?" And then someone calls you and goes, "Hey, great job on." It. It's like, oh, I guess right. I did work right. on it. Someone looking, mails you a statue. Yeah. I'm looking. Yeah. Uh, Shrek Two, Monsters Inc. Uh, Again, no memory of any of this. I just uh, cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Up. All of them. You've done I, all of them. Ironic that you've done so much voice work when I also read that you studied mime under Marcel Marceau. Yes, I did. Right <laughs> under him. Right wow. Yes. He did have the a weird teaching method. Yeah. He did. <laughs> yeah. Was there a platform or was he literally on top of you? He was literally on top of me. But and that when you was learned it, to make the box it, for it him was, to sit uh, on you. Yeah, it was like a Helen Keller thing where I just <laughs> felt, <laughs> yeah. closed my eyes and felt... The, uh, I'm in a box. You. I am in a box. Still got I'm it. just doing the, the thing. You, I know you can't see me, but the guys here can see me. That was a superb box. Yeah. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, you weren't supposed to talk during it. So already <laughs> sort of a... I'm inside a box here. <laughs> this is the, the boundary. I am I'm a mime, I am and I am doing the, the mime tricks. Oh, it is terrible. <laughs> I feel so cramped. The, the number of mime podcasts that have come and gone, that none of them have taken off. I like, know. Somebody's going to figure it yeah, out. Someone's going to crack that code, and then... That when they do, that one is just going to... They're going to oh, be yeah. billionaires. Yeah. yeah. Overnight billionaires. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I love a good mime. There's, uh, you know, I respect... Uh, I'm, well, there, there is none better than Marcel Marceau. Of course. Right? It's, he's of the, course. the Beatles of mime. The Beatle, <laughs> easily the Beatles of mimes. I wouldn't say I love a good mime on the group level. I just, I wouldn't. On the whole. Look, yeah. when they're great, they're great. Yeah, but. You, you'll get teased. What do you... Uh, <laughs> what, for my mime feeling? For my feelings yeah, on mimes? Yeah, because there's just, uh, there's a... There's an element of whimsy associated with it, and sure. you know, if you're in a crowd of comedians and they're just so edgy, and they'll just they'll punish you. <laughs> but I don't 
care. I, do you keep I, your... You know, I, all right. I'm, I'm fairly... Uh, do you keep your mime history on the DL then? The DL, absolutely. In yeah. fact, you've outed me and I thank you so much. <laughs> oh, no. What does it take to get a mime to break? Have you, did you get Marcel to talk? Um, well, he had to talk to impart the technique. Ah. So, um, but actually, we had a lot of deaf students. Oh, interesting. So there was a lot of um, sign language used. And it was total immersion because this was Paris. So it was French and it was sign language. That's the sexiest. Uh, French sign language. Rod. French sign language, very sexy fingers. Yeah, yeah sexy it's, fingers. It's very, and it's always with a cigarette. It's always <laughs> That's right, I know. Yeah. You get the man stuck in the box smoking. You get a man walking against the yeah. wind with a cigarette. You get uh, French sign language, you get burned a lot. You know, which is. <laughs> ah, la! <laughs> yeah, it's a huge problem. Wait, how do you smoke if you're, uh, if you're deaf and you use sign language? What do you mean? Like, well, the it, same it would way inhibit. You- the same way you talk and eat at the same time. You don't take you a just, break between. But you're always hold. I guess that's ashtray. Well, you can also okay. hold it in your mouth. You're not using your mouth oh, to talk. Oh yeah. You know. That's a good point. In fact, if anything, you're more able to. You don't have to do the sort of side talking thing that smokers. Yeah, you get to smoke more. Who cares? It's the ultimate cool. Yeah. <laughs> to be deaf yeah. and smoking. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Although I've never understood that because the smoke always goes in your eye. Right. Yeah. If you it's know? right in your mouth. It's, it I've tried right it. Out. It's so uncomfortable. Well, that's why I've, I'm using the enemas these days. The smoke yeah, the smoke for smoking. So it's, people it's, are literally blowing smoke up your ass. Yeah, I like to do a little butt chugging. What I do is it's like, <laughs> it's kind of like the Hunter S. Thompson cigarette tip. You oh, know, only it. only it's like a nice soft tip, like a wax tip. And I think I, of it more as the penguin from Batman. Tip, sure, but, yeah. sure. No, you can get them fairly long. And um, I am so lost right now. <laughs> oh, those cigarette holders, those, the cigarette oh, yeah. holders. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. I got it. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> Why did I go there? I know you wanted to be now lost. The visual. Now is, you didn't want to. Yeah. Like Sorry. Rectal thermometers of smoking. Sure. And yeah. stay out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exit only, baby. Um. Uh, guys, <laughs> how how is the quitting coming, Jesse? Have the listeners have we been talking about this on air or not? Yeah, we talked about it on air. Yeah, because a lot of listeners sent in advice. Various some listeners. of them sent in advice. Some of them were just assholes. <laughs> it's difficult. It, you know, it it should not be underestimated how difficult it is to quit tobacco. Yeah. Well, it has a an emotional and uh, real like triggers, and it, it's a it's not a subtle withdrawal. It really isn't. And it's also weird how like. Uh, yeah, because I put it out in the podcast that like, hey, I'd like, uh, you know, advice on uh, if any of you guys can have any good tips. And um, people really get into just yelling at you about why you shouldn't smoke. And it's You're like, like, yeah, I know. That's not a tip. Yeah. And it's like, well, nobody smokes because of the reasons they shouldn't smoke. Like, exactly. Like it, it's like when I started, you don't plan on becoming like an addict no one's starting like dude i can't wait to smoke a pack of this actually well yeah. I, I had friends in high school who made it the, the goal of their senior year spring break was to become smokers like we're gonna start smoking that's not even like is. a goal that's just thing that just happens <laughs> yeah. no wow. they said so you, you don't have to work at that they want it and they've been smoking ever since so it was mission accomplished like, i'm gonna i'm gonna put on weight or i'm gonna yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 you know what i'm later. gonna do i think i'm gonna twist my ankle this uh <laughs> yeah it's just that's an interesting hmm well, I certainly wasn't like okay. that. I was, you know, very much, uh, oh, yeah, this will never take hold. And then it does. And then, but, it, but it's such a slow, weird thing. And then, uh, you know, now I'm butt chugging. Right. You know what I mean? Quit but your no. bragging. Yeah. You know, it, it took me four years uh, before I would walk into a party where I didn't know anybody and not want a cigarette. I'd quit. Oh, I'm sure. You know? But it took that long. It's a thing to reach for in certain Yeah. Certain, that's, uh, my, you're doing the Alan Carr book now, right? Yeah, I'm reading the Alan Carr book. And my understanding, I've looked through it because a couple of friends of mine used it to help them quit and my understanding is it's all about trying to break 
trying to argue you out of those associations. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I'd like to have a cigarette after I've finished a meal. Like, why do you? Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's going well, though. I've, I've um, reduced a little and et cetera, et cetera. But it's... And the point I'm of that book do the is hard you keep... quit. Right. You know, I'm going to do like the quitting, quitting. I, I don't think I'm going to reduce that much. Um, Andy, how's the Bowie ukulele going? <laughs> it's not that you heard me the, practicing the... some golden years on ukulele. You the do tend what? to keep all your doors and windows open when you practice <laughs> golden years on ukulele. Well, you happen to come home in the middle of a... What? A practice sesh? Yeah, I, I got. It's a nice day. I got you a went surfing this morning door. and then played some golden years on ukulele. <laughs> Listen, this is the life of Andy Wood. I want everyone to know the endless <laughs> summer. Am I supposed to be ashamed of enjoying what we have here? Like Not this at is, all. Yeah, my older daughter played ukulele for a while. She played it really well. Really? Mm-hmm. How did she learn? Self-taught. Self-taught. Yeah. In fact, Andy, I not only you I did s- not record it. You no, motherfucker. No. Okay. Okay. No, I just wanted to give everybody the. Um, The Tiki Bar update. Oh, excellent. Andy, I've ordered the Fez hats. You ordered the Fez hats. I ordered a dozen Fez hats as well as coconut cups. I just I just want to point out at this point that the podcast where we talked about the Tiki Bar plans is going to be coming out next week, oh. even though we actually recorded it yesterday. This is What's the opposite of a callback? This is a time it's stretching. A prequel. It's a call forward. This is, this is foreshadowing. Yes. Guys, we're going to build a Tiki Bar here at the house. <laughs> Turns out it's really cheap to do. Uh, I had been severely overestimating the price, <laughs> and uh, you can do it for like $20. So we're going to do it, and I've ordered a bunch of uh, tiki stuff. Um, Are you a fan of tiki culture, Lorraine? Um, e- I think so, because I grew up going to places like Trader Vic's oh, the original. and the Luau. Sure. I don't know the which, Luau. Yeah, you don't, because you didn't grow up in Los Angeles, okay. probably, because nobody does except me. So you grew up That's in- why I went out of business. One customer. That's just, right. Yeah. <laughs> Deduction. Yes. <laughs> Did you go to uh, Don the Beachcomber? Uh, no. Wasn't that a place or just yes. a person? Yeah. That's a place also. It was yeah. a place, yes. And you grew up in Beverly Hills. Well, correct? Westwood first. Okay. And then my parents moved my brother and I to Beverly Hills. Did you ever see a werewolf drinking a pina colada at Trader Vic's? No. Hmm. That's like, a, that's, if you get that, then you, you win. Sure. I, I, it's a really popular song. But yeah. I believe that Warren did. Yes. Well, he, he wouldn't, did. can't legally put it in a song unless you actually saw it, right? That's, yeah. that's right. No. ASCAP will come after you if you can't verify the lyrics of <laughs> He was song. BMI. Oh, okay. Oh, he was okay. for and sure BMI. ASCAP. But anyway, he's <laughs> yeah. too inside. They'll hit you hard. They'll hit you hard. <laughs> So, uh, studying at Beverly Hills High or not? What high school studying did you... Studying what? Oh, I was going to ask what high school you attended. And I that, did go to Beverly High. Did you have any science classes? I did have with a, a teacher named Do- Doc Herbst. Doc Herbst. And he was a really intimidating... That's a very evocative... Uh, <laughs> and, um, and it was, you know, sciences and math, uh, English history and drama and art. I don't know how I would have graduated. Ah. Anything... Uh, you know, whichever side of the brain. I didn't even learn what sides of the brains are. That's how. (laughs) (laughs) We uh, lived out of district to get my daughter, my older, my younger daughter in. But they had a cheer program at at the high school. But we were five minutes away from the school, things that would get her in. But I had to go back and get my transcripts of all my grades. Wow. It was interesting. That's nuts that they still keep that on file. Yeah, Even. it's literally oh, yeah. your permanent record. Your permanent like they warn you. Go feces <laughs> on your left, a piece of shit. On your right, the permanent record of Jesse Case. Or is it the other way around? There's no way. <laughs> he is literally, literally a piece of feces. <laughs> Brutal. Do you want to very quickly double check the other laptop to see if it's now turned on?
Hey gang, Andy here. Uh, clearly we had some technical difficulties over the last minute or so. I'm really sorry about that. Uh, so we had to stop recording for a little bit and get things back up and running, which we did pretty quickly. But um, after this message, you're going to hear a little bit lower quality audio for about two minutes. We had to switch to a mic in the middle of the table and then things are back to good again. And if you're really interested in what we were talking about during the 10 minutes or so, when I was getting things back on track, I tacked that onto the end of the episode after the outro music. So you can skip to the last 10 minutes if you want to hear um, about Tiki music, artisanal shelving liner, bad acting, and the first nudity Jesse ever saw. Or you, you can feel free to stop listening at the theme music. But thanks for being with us, and let's get back to the show. This is so, so Lorraine, you're going to Beverly High. Yeah, Doc Herbst. Doc Herbst. Uh, he's was he a general science? Was he like every subject? Yeah, yes, and I don't remember a cotton picking thing about it. Oh, yeah, sure. No, nothing. Sure. Um, so then you get out of there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like obviously something happened, but like Lorne Michaels wasn't at your graduation. No, he wasn't. So uh, what was the... Something happened there. I, um... Well, I I went uh, to... I auditioned for Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts. Nice. And London Academy and Bristol Old Vic. And they all have preliminary auditions where yeah. out of 300 people, they take 80. Mm-hmm. And then out of 80, they take 20. I so made the 80 group for all three schools and had to go to London for the final audition and was summarily rejected at oh, that point. Uh, so that's when I went to Paris to study with Marceau. Did you even have an interest in mime before that? Or you were yes, just like, I'm I already in it, Europe? I had studied mime uh, in L.A., mime and improv, when I was 16. Oh, wow. Because uh, I had seen Marceau at Royce Hall and was, like, enthralled by it. I just couldn't... I was amazed by making people laugh with no words. Yeah. I just dug it. And I went backstage... Did he sweep up the spotlight? I don't remember that. <laughs> mm, that's, See, that's, like, I one of my favorite. I think that's a different mime. Is that like, was that, like, Pagliacci did that or something? Like, who... Who swept up the spotlight? It might have been There's uh, still a... Etienne Decroux okay. who did that. I don't know. Anyway, I still love it. Gesundheit. <laughs> and um, I, I went backstage and talked to him. I said, is there anybody in L.A. who teaches mime? And he mm-hmm. recommended this guy, Richmond Shepard. So for like two years, I studied it. Oh, wow. I was probably one of the few people when I went to Paris who had any technique. Awesome. But... Um, but ah, um, the but, um, And then when I came back... Uh, I um, somebody wanted me to be their audition partner for Cal Arts, uh-huh. and so I did that. And then they said, "Hey, would you like to come in to the school?" And I thought, "What the hell?" And was out of there after three months because I just didn't dig it. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, my sister was in an improv workshop, so I joined that, and we formed the Groundlings from that. Wow. How did this turn into my bio? Well, I, I, we want to hear. This is our world more than science is. So, yeah. uh, so how many? Who were the founding members of Groundlings then? Uh, Tim Matheson, Jack Sue, Pat Morita. Pat Morita. Yes, these were the Mr. original Miyagi. people. Yeah, these are the original people in the company. Tom Maxwell. Uh, oh gosh, Valerie Curtin. Any relation to Jane? Mm-hmm. Cousin. Oh. Yeah, but she was an actor. She's an actress writer. She's in Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore. Oh. Um, oh, God, I can't remember the names of a lot of those people. And I don't think that they would mean anything to you. So not a, not a lot of other original SNL cast members. Oh, no. I was the first one to... To come on the Groundlings. Yeah. Oh. Didn't know that. Wow. So then how did, the, how did SNL come about? 
if there's a short or if you if you're not I, too tired of time. I don't know. It's uh, it's it's pretty cut and dried. Um, Lorne was producing a Lily Tomlin special, mm-hmm. and so they came to the Groundlings because they needed men, and they saw me doing the Valley Girl character, and they hired me. So this was before SNL, mm-hmm, and right. um, when Lorne was hired to do SNL, he came back to see you know the show to see if there were any people that he would hire for that and he hired me awesome that's incredible awesome yeah so i didn't even know i was auditioning (laughs) (laughs) those are the best auditions though oh yeah i've had stuff where then afterwards you're like oh i would have had a panic attack if someone told me me too you know are you kidding but then it turns out they're just there you know like that's how i got isis um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, Boko Haram for me. <laughs> right? Amazing. I know. So oh, dope. you're so the same but different Stoke. stories. It's so I like, no, I know. We're I twins. Know. I took those girls. Oh. Um, happy international. Um, <laughs> I, I went too far on the Haram joke, Boko Haram joke. Those guys suck. Uh, everyone here feels that way. Um, I lived in Dan Aykroyd's uh, guest house for a summer. Really? Yeah. So that was weird. And I forget that too. I've you didn't tell me that story till last week. I know. I didn't know we've, you were uh, close with Dan Aykroyd. We Which talked house? about that in Kingston or Sydenham, Ontario. Oh, no kidding. Out by it's like folks place. Cause that's oh. where my family's from. Oh, no kidding. Or my mom's side of the family and my dad's. My dad, uh, his name's Lizard and I've interviewed him on this show before. People are familiar with Lizard. They're big fans. Um, Lizard's best friend, who's unfortunately deceased now, was this guy Wally. They were like biker guys together. And you know, Aykroyd's a big like Harley guy, conspiracy freak. It's not Wally that's Danny's friend, is it? Yeah, Wally High. Oh, you're yeah. Kidding. He had got pancreatic cancer. He died a few years ago. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, but Wally and I, I so I lived with Wally, who was living in his guest house. Oh, oh. you knew him as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. I knew so Wally. Yeah. So Wally and I. Um, Wally's was like my godfather. Like I've known him my whole life. Oh, Jesus. So then I met Dan when I was probably around five. Oh man, so weird. Yeah, I but don't know I how this do- didn't come up. But in I this wasn't doing. Before. I wasn't doing comedy yet. I was still like doing the musician thing, smoking, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was the same person. I just wasn't doing comedy. So, so I was the same exact person. So there was so there was never like as as much as um you know, cuz I was like 18 and I start I think I started stand up the next year when I moved back to the states. But it's weird because I still like never there was never like a gold mine that I thought I would could tap into. Yeah, because I would have been just like, can you tell me how? To, what do you do if you're doing that? And then there's, how do you, how do I grow a mustache? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it would be the, it would be completely the wrong advice as well. That's the other yeah, thing. Yeah, Danny like, doesn't do stand up. Yeah, and it, and he, even like if you're like, how do I get into comedy? You're like, well, I be in Second City twenty years ago. Like, well, yeah. How do I, how do you get into comedy? And it's like, well, b- first be in the seventies. Yeah. yeah, be exactly. in the seventies. Well, actually, have... he was really he was partners with Valerie Bromfield. Okay. Who was in our first show? Also, she's brilliant. I mean, you know, I think that uh, Lily and anybody who ever sees her was like, you know, that gesture that croupier does when they're finished with the table. Mm-hmm. It's like you know. Well, you know, I I can't even be jealous because she's so much better than any of us. That's how good she was. And uh, but, you know, really kind of a free spirit. It's like, oh, I think I'll join the circus. Oh, I think I'll be a college professor. I mean, she just (laughs) absolutely didn't even care that she was that brilliant. Yeah. And um, but that was his partner. So I don't even think that was his first route. Second City. Wow. Yeah. So in that in that first year of the show, did you think, oh, this is 
great for now, who knows how long this will last, or was it instantly, oh, this is something, this is going to be around for a long time, and we're part of something special? I never see the big picture. Yeah. That's that's what my epitaph will be. <laughs> that's how we got you for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... Um, we take advantage of that a lot in our guests. <laughs> it was my understanding it was a 13-week commitment with a five-year option. Yep, that's uh, what the podcast is. Yep. <laughs> yep. I mean, you know, and I always thought, like, that's going to ever happen. Yeah. So, you know, I absolutely did not see the big picture, could never have anticipated that it would go on this long. And I'm thrilled that it has. Because you, yeah. you were part of the 40-year yeah. reunion. Yes. Saw you in the Californian sketch. Yes. That was great. That was great. That show was so fun. And oh, I, okay. all that stuff surrounding the 40-year anniversary, like I read that um, uh, the first review from episode one. Did you see that? It was being passed around like oh, AV no. Club or something. No, it was, was like it a, not good? No, it's great. Oh, oh, it's okay. like a photocopy of New York Times or something. And it's like... You know, it's it's a pretty great review. Fantastic. It's just like I think I remember the emotional impact it had on us. I don't remember the review itself, mm-hmm. but just the way we felt about it being a good one. Yeah. Well, because it said like, oh, the, no one's making. You know, it's been since the last generation of comedy, which which had been in the fifties. I suppose before. it's like no one, you know, no one is making TV for people our age. Anymore. Like that, that's sort of what the review was about. It's like, okay, there's actually comedy for people that watch comedy now, you know, as opposed to because um, normally comedy TV, unless something is like an SNL, like something's new, fresh, cutting edge, it's always sort of uh, comedically about 20 years behind. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, there are still sitcoms well, now that was... are 1980s sitcoms, but they're the new sitcoms. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, eh, yeah, well. they're on TV land and, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, I mean, like, the style of new no, sitcoms. No, they're current on TV Land. Current original content. Oh, TV Land makes original I had no idea. Oh, yeah. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. wow. But they are the style of... It's like throwback, yeah. but being made right now. Mm-hmm. Wow. But, you know, it's Even the same not color something palette like of... Broad City, which you see on Comedy Central. That's yeah. amazing. Well, that's what I mean, yeah, yeah. And it seems like SNL definitely hit that nerve quickly, where people are like, oh, this is a different thing. Awesome. Mm-hmm. You know? These aren't people in tuxedos telling yeah, exactly. zippy it one-liners. The Ed Sullivan show, yeah. <laughs> right. No one's got a violin in the whole cast. Like, <laughs> How do you tell a one-liner? Take my wife, yeah. please. Not one wife beating. The whole show. <laughs> 90 minutes, not one spousal abuse. Yeah, I don't like this kind of comedy. Uh, I thought you were going to say maybe it was uh, the first review was like that first Led Zeppelin review, which was like scathing for some reason. And then the guy had to like recant it later. Yeah. It was like, how did you mess that up, dude? How did you not see that that was? Yeah, that that first. Well, Rolling Stone, like Notorious is like, well, they give notoriously bad reviews to stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, ISIS and. Uh, every 10 minutes I have to hit that That's my, That was on my list Part today. of the deal yeah, yeah. I get it, I get it. Yeah. Um, So when you were with Doc Helm, Herbst Herbst uh, Did you retain anything? Any science? What's going on? Absolutely not I know that we dissected frogs I do recall that And not being squeamish about it Because I am a horror nerd uh, I did have a subscription to Fangoria And sure. Famous Monsters really? and Creepy Magazine <laughs> Uh, loved horror movies from the time I was five years old on and to this day. So uh, I was totally stoked about dissecting yeah. a frog <laughs> when all my other friends were like, oh, get it away. Oh, my God. It's so disgusting. The poor frog. Right. I was like, you get like, over it. You like 
You're it's already only, dead. You're the only one doing it with your teeth. This is fascinating. <laughs> my teeth, exactly. Yeah, I don't need a scalpel. I'm just so fascinated <laughs> Done by it. the entrails and the viscera. Yeah. <laughs> right. You're dissecting everyone else's frogs for them, too. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite horror? Well, I know that's a huge question, but... Style? Yeah. I like that. all of them practically. I, you know what I don't like is found footage. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know, but it, because you know, style. it's like hey, you gotta hold that camera the whole time. But there are some exceptions, right, you right. know. Um, oh, the one that was uh, there's the paranormal franchise, of course. Yeah, I don't care None for that shit. Um, <laughs> but then there's always, as I said, exceptions. Right? Why is that so the- funny to me? Because, like, I don't care for that's the polite way of putting something down, but then calling it shit. I I don't care for that shit. It's not my cup of tea, that fucking shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. What was that one? I'd I'd rather not speak into this country. It was a remake of a Mexican one. She's not a favorable twice. And it was an apartment building, and there was some sort of, uh, it was an outbreak of something, and... Oh, so brilliant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it had Jennifer, yeah. the Dexter. The girl from remake Dexter. of a Dexter. Mexican yes. horror movie. Yeah, it's a remake oh, of a Mexican movie. Uh, it's almost shot quarantine. for shot. Quarantine. There you go. Is That's found footage. No, it's not that recent. I've got to uh, check five, years, five years ago or something. I didn't There's know about certainly this. good, you know, uh, exceptions to that rule. Yeah. But also, uh, the, my problem with quarantine was that they really... Um, uh, that's a polite. They really uh, fucked the pooch in the um, uh, in the trailer. A lot of times in horror movies, you'll see the big scare in the trailer. I didn't. And I don't that, remember the trailer. The trailer had like the trailer is basically the end of the movie. No. You're like, ah, it oh, sucks. What? You know, because oh, okay. it's a great. I haven't seen the film, but now I know to not watch anything about it before I see it. You know, um, my I. I, my favorite horror, because I'm with you, I'm, I'm huge on it, but my favorite horror is uh, extremely creepy horror. Mm-hmm. I'm not big into jump, mouse. jump scare. Yeah. Um, so like I... Uh, Slow burn horror. Yeah, dude. Uh, the Orphanage. Yes. The Orphanage was so terrifying. Oh, yeah. And it, there's like no jump scares. Mm-hmm. Um, well, most of it's shot in daylight. Mm-hmm. You know. That's yeah, uh, Guillermo del Toro, right? Yeah. Yeah, I love him. Yeah. Well, I worked for him pretty recently oh, cool. an animated thing yeah that's awesome yeah that's awesome has, has that come out yet or is that i don't i don't think so uh-uh. it's troll hunter oh, okay yeah Wait, oh cool like the redoing? animated animated version of troll hunter of the like the scandinavian it's it's a different it's an adaptation yeah. it's it's loosely based on troll okay. hunter huh. also uh, a really fun movie they did a lot of great yeah. effects without much money because i know a, a really clever ways of lighting stuff and yeah yeah, yeah. very clever um, and that's kind of found that's found footage i know yeah. uh, but, but an exception it well. it's yeah. like i don't like horror porn except yeah the first hostel was great you really the, love first, the first hostel? yeah i did well i think the premise to hostel is fucking amazing yes it like it's a terrifying premise is. you know it really <laughs> it's a is. great premise <laughs> the thi- that's the kind of stuff that actually could happen, and that's the kind of horror that is really disturbing. Yeah, you know, it's just too much. And saw. Yeah, I'm with you on that. The first saw was fantastic. The first saw, I find an axe murderer far more scary than a vampire. Yeah, than a poltergeist. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys seen uh, the Vanishing? Yes. But the original van, the yes, foreign, the Dutch one, yeah. and the American one. Yeah. Human evil is yeah. way more scary than anything oh, else. Definitely. And that's that's the one that I just have a bit of a problem with. We, but I'll watch the first version. The, of of what of, of the, any of the human evil ones. Yeah. You know? yeah. Too real or what? It's just yeah. It could happen. 
That's mm. the problem. Like Human Centipede, I, I sat through one and a half of those. Yeah, I haven't seen that. It's just, <laughs> I mean, it's what it's what you think it is. You didn't get the millipede even, box set. I didn't get the you didn't get all ten. No, it no. doesn't really make sense until you get all of them joined oh, together. Okay, then at the end, yeah. it all ties. Um, them. Yeah, I, this is I, a little story that uh, Justin Broad listener sent in. Nice. That's kind of I. Uh, it's spiders. There's a lot of people sure find spiders scary. Yeah. Related. Spider venom could lead to better painkillers, uh, say University of Queensland researchers. Because they need really? to invent better painkillers because it hurts so bad, the spider venom? Well, let's find out. Mean, like, uh, could lead to stronger heroin. I believe it's actually the way the venom itself works. Yeah, seven compounds found inside in spider venom could inspire a new class of painkillers with fewer side effects than current medication. Oh, fuck that shit. <laughs> no, I mean, go ahead. <laughs> so, Prepare the venom! <laughs> <laughs> so peptides in spider venom have been discovered to block the molecular pathway responsible for sending pain signals from nerves to the human brain. Oh, amazing. Yes, of course. That's, uh, that is some of the way venom works. Right. Um... So the research team from the University of Queensland's Institute for Molecular Bioscience analyzed the venom from 205 spider species and found that 40% of the venoms contained at least one peptide that blocks the human proteins known as voltage-gated sodium channels, which play a key role in pain transmission. Okay. Fascinating. So yeah, this 40% is- of the 205 spider species, or the venoms, yeah. block... Block, block this pain proteins, transmission signal. The proteins that are... Okay. Because yeah. that's... Yeah, all, all basically all nerves are f- are electrical signals that yes. are controlled by chemicals. Don't electrochemical. talk down to me, yeah. Matt. Let's just. <laughs> so that's what the voltage gated sodium. See, the channel human is. body is made of cells. Yeah, and and <laughs> and the it's the like hip a bones. city happening inside. Okay. It's like Horton hears a who. Sure, yes. sure. Okay, I will. That's why. That's what confused me is because, and I was kidding about the talking down to me because I really am an idiot uh, with this, especially with this stuff. Because when you mentioned a compound, to me, that, that sounds like a physical. It's all physical. It is physical. Well, um, but, but electrical impulses are the nerve signal. But are they're the controlled by, by these. Uh, yeah, vo- I thought it was like all just energy, man. <laughs> it is. It's not just- too. It's like all of it. You know. No, Lorraine, it's we're all, all just, there. We're all made of stars. We're just stardust, it, man. It's like, we're golden. That's right. Hey, it's man. true. It's true. <laughs> Dude, you guys don't even... You have the shine, There was a great joke on SNL last night. They had discovered that the bubonic plague was probably not caused by rats, but Gerbils. the fleas that were on the rats. Oh. You know, and I think the joke was something like, you know, uh, a black eye on the... Um, oh, I'm not going to represent this well. It was just like, you know, preserving the, the reputation of the New York rat or something like that. Oh, I've, I've just totally messed up the joke. How dare we speak ill of the rat, yeah. Um, so team leader, Professor Glenn King, said they were most interested in the NAV 1.7 channel because previous research have found that people who lacked NAV 1.7 due to a naturally occurring genetic mutation were unable to experience pain. I've heard of that. Oh, I've heard what? of that. Yes, yeah. I've heard of that. And it's really bad. Like, yeah, they die, have, right? They have to be always checking their bodies. Like, the parents have to make sure they didn't come home when with, they, like, a gaping wound in right. their leg. Yeah, when they're yeah. kids and stuff. Yeah, you just don't know to not touch Put fire. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, so blocking this channel could potentially help us switch off pain in people with normal pain pathways. We have nine sodium channels in our bodies, and our challenge is to find peptides that can distinguish between these channels and target only NAV 1.7. Something current pain relief drugs can't do, but spider venom peptides most likely can. 
Well, how do current pain relief drugs work then? Well, they work in different ways. There's um, anti-inflammatories. There's stuff like there are, there's the over-the-counter stuff. They work. Yeah, they. Um, various painkillers work. Work blocking different parts of the pain process. So there's different there's sure. different links in the chain that go between something going wrong and you experiencing pain. Okay. And different pain, different types of different classes of painkillers get in the way of different bits of that process mm-hmm. so some of it's the nurse singling or some of it i think is the bit that actually interprets the pain it's the part where you remember it, your dad yeah exactly yeah some of it is actually just the actual nerve the the senses in the first place sure so it's either you know it's either at the source of the pain or the transmission or the bit that then processes that as pain right somewhere along that journey you intercept it's like it. laxatives there's three different types you know <laughs> and they all i'm serious they all they all work a different way Do they? yeah it's crazy I had to look into this. There's li- the recently. penguin cigarette holder up your butt. There's no, there's there's ones that are like they just give you like sphincter spasms, so your butt's just like get out of me. And then there's <laughs> there's ones that draw water into the bowel. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh. That's right. You know, um, and then there's ones that actually attack the physical what's in there. And it's- say it. Just say stool. Go ahead. <laughs> He's not allowed to. I can't. Oh. He's been programmed not to. No, it's kind of a Manchurian candidate type deal. Okay. You'd think it'd be a less common word, especially one that's not always on stage at comedy shows. Mm-hmm. But I have a very difficult life, Lorraine. When I someone says the S word, who are you supposed to murder? Like, who are you programmed to kill when you see? Hear? That's the thing is, it's not really a high powered. Like it's I don't know why. Like why? Dude. I think you just pass one. <laughs> what, what, if, what if saying that word to someone made oh, that would the be brown it. note? That's <laughs> the brown note. That's the brown it's note. The verbal brown note. It's the verbal yeah. brown note. I always wondered about uh, Manchurian candidate people that like then that person just dies of natural causes and they're just stuck. They've wasted all that programming on a person that never got. Yeah, to be- like if someone like was programmed to kill Dave Thomas, like take over Wendy's or something, and then they just I don't know why that was my example. Okay, but, but then he, Dave he Thomas die. dies yeah. and they just have to deal I with that. You meant the guy from SCTV, S- SCTV. and I was like, why would you choose? That's why would you choose a lovely man? Wonderful comedian has brought so much joy. The best Bob Hope impression. Why? I haven't seen his Bob Hope. Oh, it's it's Bob Hope even approved it. <laughs> it's brilliant. It really nice. Is. I gotta look that up. Nice. <clears throat> so okay, so, so that's Nav, a good Nav that's a good answer. Is the three okay? Yeah. So um. So it says in this article, of the seven promising peptides uh, the team identified, they discovered one had the right structure, stability, and potency to form the basis of a future painkiller. This in Queensland? This in Queensland. Where all the venom is? Uh, I guess that's where they have a lot of venomous spiders in Queensland. So how close are they to well, they, they managing said that, this? They said the next step is to continue exploring the clinical pro- potential of these peptides and the ones we're still yet to find in the hope of developing better treatments uh, for the one in five Australians living with persistent pain. So this is going to be an Australian-specific drug. What, one in five Australians live with persistent pain? It's a very hot country. Jeez. That's the weirdest number. Yeah. That's, that's an out-of-nowhere fact. But everything weird comes from Australia. I mean, like, yeah, think of all the crazy animals that are well, yeah. giving them pain. We've had the platypus then, talk. Yeah, yeah. But one in five Australians live in persistent Constant pain? pain? I'd, I'd say probably people. I'm going to expand that to people. You think one in five people is always well, in it, pain? Uh, well, it depends what you mean by that ranges from I guess you have to take occasional the, back problem the to ultra, chronic. Right. Super elderly, of course, you're going to be, you know... You, uh, yeah, I'd say, I'd say most people in the West, like, about... I'd say it's about 20% of people in the Western world have some kind of... Or is it sure, that 20% of the time ongoing any given pain. person is in pain? Would uh, that count towards it? And also, I think there's a lower tolerance for being d- uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, on, um, on the smiley face, 1 to 10 scale, like... In the Western world. 
Uh, what's the circle you're supposed to you, how would you have to be above the five on the smiley scale? For I, don't, I never yeah. know where that stuff is. Cause yeah. like I've, every time I've been in an ER, I'm going to say 10 just to get the good <laughs> stuff. Only, no, it's like, that's the, how am I supposed to say like, I'm at about a seven. It's like, no, you're in severe. Like you wouldn't be there if you weren't. I've never gone there cause of a cough. Right. You know, Why it's like, people do. Some, it's like, well, I know some people do. But but every time I'm there, it's like, no, I think I'm going to die. Something, mm-hmm. I think I'm dying. So please, like, where do you think you are on this scale? <laughs> so let me, l- let me take this hand and point with my other hand that's been chewed off by something. <laughs> like, uh, so they have a lot of work to do still. They said, um, Dr. Clint, Dr. Julie K. Well, first, Clint they got to jack off all those spiders. Said, yeah, right. Well, they do milk. I don't. Yeah, they they milk snakes. I presume they milk spiders in a similar way. Getting venom out of stuff is weird. You see it on those uh, late night like redneck shows. Yeah, I've like, seen. Yeah, we're gonna de-venom this puppy. Check this out. And they, <laughs> I've seen. I've, I've seen, seen it with a snake, with like, a snake on the edge of a glass, like milking, like putting their fangs over the. Yeah, edge they of the have. Glass. A, they normally have like a sort of rubber um, uh, membrane over stretched over the top of a cup, and they just get the snake to basically attack it and bite mm-hmm. through it, mm-hmm. and the the venom comes through down into the. Right, and then they make the weirdest cocktail ever. Yeah. Ah, uh, you got to down this if you want to be in our gang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before you learn how to toss a boomerang, you... Okay. Uh, so a conservative <laughs> estimate... Still uh, not good. ...indicates that there are 9 million spider venom peptides contained within the venoms of the world's 45,000 known spider species, Good. and only 0.01% of this vast pharmacological landscape has been explored so far. So, all right. They've got a fair distance to go then. They're one ten-thousandth of the way through. Man, I wish I was cool with spiders. Uh, They're the worst. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't... Uh, you know, and I I mean... Oh, I was on the freeway the other day, and I noticed like there's some movement. I realized there's a spider dangling down from... Living in your car, yeah. From my, uh, from my uh, sunshade, whatever the... Sun, sunroof? No, not sun the sunroof. Visor. The, su- the, the visor. visor. Yeah, yeah, it was just coming down from there. And then as I was driving along the freeway at 70 miles an hour, oh. it just started to come down, oh. down, like, yeah. near my face. Oh. And this is also... I think in Britain I'd be more like, oh, that's annoying. It's a fat. It's one side. But I know America has <laughs> has some Men. venomous... Some yeah. men's. you got black widows, and I don't know what a black widow looks like. Well, it wouldn't live... You don't? They have well, like I know a- they're black. They have a red hourglass on their bellies. Oh, I think I did. Well, that's know. only the females, though. But they were are the males well, the only, dangerous. The females also? are the only oh. ones that are venomous. Okay, mm. those are the only ones to look out for. But those are like uh, not that wouldn't be in your car. You know, right. it's, no, that's not true. A black widow? Yeah, I think they're only they're well, super. They're not car spiders. Well, here's no, why. They're not car spiders. Here's why. Potentially, I was worried about spiders that wouldn't normally be in a car being there. Is I'd be moving apartments and i've been right. buying stuff and i got a whole load of furniture recently from a friend who was leaving la and so she had furniture that had been basically in storage, in storage yeah. in exactly the kind of place where, where black widows black widows are hanging out it could yeah. happen and that had been transported happen. in my car so i was thinking maybe at some point i picked up a chair that had been sometimes with the uh you know the typewriter stuff when i oh I'll, god I'll, no don't tell me there's spiders inside of typewriters Jesse fixes and does up vintage uh, typewriters. Uh, so, oh, that's cool. So we sometimes I'll order one, but it'll be from somewhere like Guatemala, something like mm-hmm. that, you know. Um, and they'll ship it because I'm always I um, I'm always looking for deals that are like, and I'm not buying so much of them anymore. But I'm always looking at deals like I'll go to weird, uh, weird foreign countries like eBay pages, yeah, and, you know, and and try to negotiate that. Um, so, yeah, one time I got one from Guatemala, and I opened it up, 
and it was packed like shit. But um, there were some spiders in there oh, God. that survived shipping. Oh God! But then, like from a weird tropical country, where I'm like, am, am I the guy that just brought rats to Hawaii? You know what I mean? Oh, like, am I, like, yeah. am I just about this. to ruin our ecosystem? It's the plot it's of arachnophobia, you. isn't it? Like, yeah, gets, something. A body gets sent back. That has I always a- thought that thing was that. You know how they say, like, uh, you know, man, you swallow like three spiders a year. <laughs> That's totally not true. It's, it's, it's absolutely bullshit. bullshit. The last place they want to be is a mouth. <laughs> a mouth. And also, you don't swallow it. That's why you drool. You, you don't swallow a willy nilly. spider eggs, though. You could be swallowing spider eggs. What? What are you talking about? You just you could be. I don't know. It's There's possible. Yeah. Swallow. I mean, that's why the worms crawl in, the worms crawl in, the worms crawl out. Because. Into what? Know, into you. That's why worms come out of you when you're dead. Wait, what? <laughs> what? Lorraine, Hold Lorraine, you're getting weird on us. What's uh, going on? Oh, what is the name of them? Hatching flies. What are they? Hatching. What's fl- the name for hatching fly? Uh, I, it's a. I don't know. Come on, it's a common word. I'm looking it up. Blowflies. Uh, Seedsy no. fly. Um, why are moths nocturnal? Why is anything nocturnal? Well, they, they love less, light. No. Soldier, no, he, change your sleep schedule. Here's, here's the thing. No, no, no. Here's why moths House fly flight. into... Um, did we cover this on the show ages ago? Or did we just... Probably. I don't know. The reason moths um, fly into light is they navigate by the moon. Um, oh, okay. So they normally... So what they're doing is they're trying to fly and keep what they think is the moon at a constant angle to them. But because it's really close, that means they actually go... Like, if something's miles and miles away, you can keep it at a constant angle and travel in a straight line, and it stays at the same place. Right. But if something's much closer, and you keep it at a constant angle, what actually happens is you spiral into it. So that's when I'm... So they're actually... They think they're, they think they're flying at a set straight. angle to the moon, but actually they're spiraling into a light. So when I'm doing my late night fire dancing in the backyard, that's why they get so weird. <laughs> that's what mm-hmm. happens. Maggots. 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 Are hatching flies. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's when a decomposing body, you know, that whole mercy, nursery rhyme, the worms crawl in, the worms crawl out. I don't know that rhyme. I guess no, that's why I was... Uh, different parents. Is this, oh, this yeah. is a Beverly yeah. Hills it's a, high. It's a very old one. Yeah, I wasn't you know, raised by guy's... serial killers, Lorraine. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I don't know sorry, that Sorry, you're just a different generation. But anyway. <laughs> but I mean, it's no more or less morbid than the know, whole, like, isn't the whole ashes, ashes, we all fall down, isn't that... That's awful. That's from the plague. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then the ones from so uh, the Ring Around the Rosies from Influenza. No, no, that is, that is the thing. plague. That is pocket full of posies. Yeah. What's the one? I opened up a bur- I opened up a window in influenza. That's just a. <laughs> no, that's a pun. No, I know, but it was. <laughs> it was. I had a bird. Her name was Inza. I opened up a window in influenza. It's it not even like, a rhyme. It's just the same word twice. <laughs> <laughs> well, the ones you're doing aren't fucking rhyming. Pocket full of posy, ring around the rosy. Did we, you? See, what's with the okay, all fall down what, shit? But also, that is a bit of a scam. You can't really. It's not really a proper rhyme if you make up a noise that sounds like a word. Yeah. Also, I feel like I'm getting thrown under the bus here. This is a proper thing. The influenza thing's a proper. Yeah, I've heard it. It was a proper. Okay. 19- I absolutely heard it. Okay. But speaking of the moon, there was uh, a thing on NPR about the size of the moon. How sometimes it's very big in the sky, and last couple of days it's been exceptionally small. Yeah. Mm. Super moons. But the, when it says exceptionally, moons, it's yes. actually a difference of about seven percent. Really? Because yeah. it looked quite small to me. Well, but it also depends on the size of the moon. You might hear that and feel a bit self conscious. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, it looked it just like a swimming. soccer ball to me. <laughs> yeah. You know. Well, it, it had just taken or a, a dip. Bocce ball. Take it easy right. on it. You know what I mean? It got nervous. Moon shrinkage. Okay, no, we cut you off though. You, cut, you, were, you were telling worms. worms Look, it's on worms you to make out. the moon confident, all right? All right, now I've got to find this. <laughs> 
maybe I, if you would make the moon more comfortable, all right, you get a good oh, harvest. Yeah, it's moon. my fault. You know, you'd get a good harvest moon if you'd make it more. Uh, <laughs> on International Women's Day, no less. You're gonna. But what's the maggot thing? I, I'm gonna find it. I, I oh, okay. want to. I want to believe there aren't just maggots in us at all times, waiting for us to. Well, die. I know there's all kinds of fly eggs and I, shit. I'm on sure us, we but... all have parasites of different sorts. Well, a lot of that stuff. The worms we... crawl in lyrics. Let's see. Here we go. <laughs> it's right. the hearse song. Wow. Oh. All right. I have it heard it. It's a song about death of unknown origin. It was popular as a World War I song. It was popular in the 20th century as an American and British children's song Jeez. continuing to the present. It has many variant titles, lyrics, and melodies, but generally features the line, the worms crawl in, the worms crawl out, and thus is also known as the worms crawl in. Wow. Oh. So it's the one, the worms crawl in, the worms crawl out, the dun 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 out yes. just now. Yes. Okay. Oh. Is that Laurel and Hardy's theme? Good call. Um, no, the Alfred Hitchcock uh, theme. Alfred it might be the presents. Hitchcock thing. No. It might be the Hitchcock presents. Oh, hang on. What was the No, that's completely different. Okay. It's similar but different. Why is it? Why is it? We always want to traumatize kids, like throughout all of time. Kids love it. Being scared. Are you kidding me? I think yeah. You, I mean, you've got kid. I got kids, kids. Yeah, kids like creepy and they they like getting dirty and they like you They're know like, you leave a kid alone for a while and they'll just pour mud on their heads. Mm-hmm. Like all the stuff that you're like, oh, we need to keep this away from the children. Yeah, I love. They love creepy TV and Roald Dahl and um, I was obsessed with the Twilight Zone at a pretty young age. Oh yeah, I love those scary stories books. Yeah, like Goosebumps or like different ones? No, they were just called Scary Stories. Oh. And it was a series of three books, and the drawings were so fucking creepy. It was like pencil and charcoal drawings. Like, um, who's that artist who does all the uh, Edward Gorey kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. Th- they were more like Ralph Stedman style, Ralph but like horror draw. He's the guy that did all the Hunter S. Thompson stuff. Oh, but oh like, that's but, the w- way worse. Jesus. But like horror drawings. Look at these. Like Pink Floyd. You know? Wow. By the way, they're remaking The Rats of Nim, and uh, maybe they can make it even more traumatic. Did you guys ever see that movie? Yeah. Um, so, Lorraine, you're a twin. Yes, I am. You have a twin. Yes. Well, uh, probably comforting to know, then, that um, the oldest living example of twins have been found. What's no this? No kidding. What's that? Ancient grave in Siberia, guys. An ancient tragedy is shining new light on life in the Neolithic era, as archaeologists have uncovered the remains of a woman who appears to have died with her twins during childbirth nearly 8,000 years ago. Oh, my God. It's the oldest example of death by dystochia, or obstructed labor, Mm. and the earliest known example of twins on the archaeological record. This is the opposite of what I thought the story... I thought you were going to be like, twins that have lived the longest, and instead you're like, no, they didn't even get... Oh, no, the oldest... (laughs) Oh, yeah, I meant earliest by oldest. I didn't... Sorry. Arguably the youngest. Uh, Yes. Researchers uh, wrote this this in the um, journal Antiquity. Um... And this is pretty interesting stuff. There's a photo of it. Antiquity's good. I like their old stuff better. Yeah, no, good call. Good call. Um, there's the photo, Lorraine. So you can see the wow, more bones vivid. in there. Yeah. Right? That's really well preserved. Yeah. And what makes the discovery so remarkable is that while twins must have been around in prehistoric times, there's no direct evidence of them. So this changes that. The, re- the remains, which are between 7,630 or 7,630 and 7,725 years old, were found at a prehistoric cemetery called Lokomotiv near present-day Irkutsk in Russia. 
While the woman's remains were uncovered in 97, it was believed at the time she had died with a single child. But a recent re-examination found a second set of bones in the pelvic region. Within five minutes, I said to my colleague, oh my God, these are twins, Dr. Angela Lievers. Uh, she's an archaeologist at the University of Saskatchewan. Um, I wonder what prompted the second look. Good call. Good call. Yeah. The woman appeared to be between 20 and 25 at the time of her death, which may have been caused by the unusual arrangement of her twins when she tried to deliver them. Uh. One of the babies was in an incomplete breach or feet down, while the other was in a normal head down or vertex position. Even today, this happens in only 20% of all twin deliveries and is considered to be high risk. The twins may have been locked together, or one might have had its head trapped in the birth canal. As a result, all three appeared to have died due to complications from the childbirth. Um, well, this is weird because it says near this, they also found a Neolithic man high-fiving his, bubby, his buddies. Oh. Um, Lord have mercy, boy. You know... I tell you what. Um... <laughs> um this is, no, it's, I didn't know. So we only got the headline when, mm-hmm. it, when I was reading this, so I didn't know how morbid this story was. So I was it's trying little, to, it's well, a little. Well, I like that we've gone bummer, straight from horror films to spiders to corpses. To corpses. Yeah, so it's I was trying very, to lighten a little. But, um, so the it's woman, a Lemony Snickers episode. The woman had been buried on her back with marmot teeth on her body, similar to many of the other locomotive burials, locomotive being the, being the name of the gravesite. Um, it suggests either they didn't know she had twins or that dying during childbirth wasn't so out of the realm of possibility it would be considered unique. The grave of the woman and her twins isn't the only unusual find at the site. In 95, they uncover the grave of a wolf, thousands of miles from its natural habitat, buried with its own assortment of grave goods. One can guess this wolf played a very important role in the life of ancient society, because it's very unusual for this animal to be buried in a uh, specially created grave. And while there are other examples of dogs being buried in graves during the period, the grave of a wolf is unique. This is understandable with dogs being man's helper in everyday life, but there's no previous evidence for an individually buried wolf. Strange. So there you go. Well, this is actually a good precursor to, in a few weeks, we're going to have on um, the author of Smoke Gets in Your Eyes about uh, her time working in a crematorium. And, and she's the book is about her experience with that, but also with death rituals throughout all of time. And death the history really of weird. of burial and of embalming and things is really interesting. And we'll get into that. I've in been to the weeks. body farm in Knoxville. Oh, yeah. They oh, talk wow. about that in the book. That's and, crazy. Yeah. And it's uh, it's crazy. I was like... It's like for, for forensic... It's four forensic right. things, right? Yeah, and that's one of the cool things about, as as we all know, if you do any sort of weird comedy stuff, sometimes there are people at your shows that have weird jobs, and they're like, "Hey, you want to see a dead guy?" And uh, <laughs> I was at the, I was working at the Comedy Zone in Knoxville, Tennessee. Wow, a bunch of people from the Body Farm were there, and I was probably twenty, and uh, and they're like, "Yeah, if you," they were talking to me after, and they're like, "If you want to come out tomorrow," and um, they have them in every single. And it's amazing the science that's come from it because they actually, it's helped identify a lot of bodies and stuff. Yeah, because yeah, the whole point of this is, I think, until fair, until this thing existed, until fairly recently, a lot of forensic pathology was really I bet a this lot is more, what would yeah, a lot more a guesswork body, than yeah. it really should have been from a scientific point of view. So people, people were convicted on the back of going, yeah, this body's been around for three days because that's how much decomposition is. But no science has been done. Right. Well, so now they leave it in, they leave like some bodies out in different temperatures and well, different mo- media and different. Most of the body farm is inside. I pictured a big outdoor thing with bodies displayed in different. That's like, what I thought. Half of a cadaver coming up out of the ground. Right. <laughs> like but, marshland. But, mm-hmm. but a lot of it is like, is like, okay, this one's in a bathtub full of battery acid. And oh, this God. one's in, you know, this one's been cut up and put in a garbage bag. 
Like that's what they're trying to do is mm-hmm. figure out, you know, creepy uh, stuff like that. So what what is the day to day of those people's jobs? Just uh, checking in on all the bodies. Yeah, a lot of like, spreadsheets. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like like uh, has blood pooled? Has it dried? What's the temperature? What's you know? So really boring job and really morbid conditions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, very much so. Yeah. They needed your comedy. They needed yeah. it. Yeah. I think when I was twenty. They probably didn't need it. <laughs> no one needed it. I, I mean, I get embarrassed about the comedy I was doing last week. I so I'm embarrassed about jokes I made earlier in this podcast. That's how quickly. That's how quickly I try to evolve. I, as I do a comedian. understand. I have a friend who just did her first open mic and recorded it and put it on YouTube. I'm like, oh, you're, you're, you're going to wish you did that nowadays. Oh, really I'm so glad YouTube wasn't a thing when I was starting out. Me too. Some of the some of my early. I mean, again, same. Like, I still think I'll say something next week that I'll be like, oh, I wish I hadn't said that. But if my earliest material was in the world, not just in a... Like, some of my earliest sets are on VHS tapes in my parents' attic. Also in your parents' attic, which is weird about my stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're they're fans. They get it out from time to time of yours. That's how Uh, I feel about Saturday Night Live. I was 23. I look at that, it's like, why did you... Why aren't you... Really? You don't like watching it? Oh, God, no. I can imagine, like even though, yeah. you know, even though, it, again, it's you know, it's a classic TV show, and it's still you in your early twenties making the kind of mistakes that. Oh God, yeah. It's and like, why are your legs crossed during the Exorcist scene? You look so comfortable. <laughs> what the fuck? You're possessed. Oh. Wow. <laughs> I've never even thought about the fact that, like, even these things we think of as iconic, someone's probably watching and going, like, I could have done this thing better. It's like, yes. oh, it was SNL. Like, no, you we could. all do, all performers. Yeah, yeah and, and also yeah. it's something, it's SNL, so it's something that was not only 23, but it was thrown together in a day and a half, that sketch. I always think my first five years of stand up, I wish I'd worn pants. Yeah. You can't you know? A lot of people wish that. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. You could have used some advice. Yeah. No guidance, one told me. You know? I think everyone just thought it was funny or it was like a prank on me or something. <laughs> but I just thought, yeah. Like you pranked yourself? No, I mean, I think just everyone else kept encouraging it. You know, I was being, right. I was being bottomless enabled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do, we want, do we want a story that is in no way creepy? Well, I think we want a story that's in no way creepy, and I think if people want to write in and tell us about some stories, they can do it. They certainly can, as do a lot of our listeners. They can email us at probablyscience at gmail.com. We have an email address? We do. I've been checking in. What, what else been, What else do we have? We also have a website over no. at probablyscience.com. That, you said it's probablyscience.com? Yes, it is. And, and what do you do? You, you can, just go there. It's got photos? It's got photos. It's just pictures, pretty much. It's and a, every episode, you can listen, even before the ones that are cataloged on iTunes, you can go back to the very beginning if you want to hear the origin of all this bullshit. Um, but that's all you can do on the website. You'd be surprised. What, what are you talking about? What you else? You can also donate. If you click on the donate button, you can click a few bucks away. It helps donate us cover. Donate to who? Us. You can donate to us. Yes. Jesus. Or click on the Amazon link and do your shopping as you normally would, and it kicks back a you nice little percentage. You can donate to the percentage. Amazon. No, no, no. You shop as you normally would. Costs you nothing else. Okay. And then we get a little kickback from that. What are you talking about? Okay. I'm talking about... You go to Amazon.com, but you do it through our website. Yes. And then shop normal. Doesn't cost extra. Shop as you normally would. And then we get money. Then we get... It it doesn't make sense to me either. Yeah. But that's how it is. Boggles the mind. It does. Um... Uh, and if you can't donate as well, uh, we don't have people to thank this week because we're recording two episodes back to back. So everyone's being thanked next week. But um, if you can't donate, the other way you can really help us out is spread the word. Tell people. Tweet. Facebook. Reddit. All those things are great. Uh, I, I know we there's a, there's a probably science subreddit that someone set up that What's, links to all the... I'm, and I'm not trying to be a dick here. What's 4chan? 
because I hear it all the time. Is that like an asshole Reddit? Uh, it's like a Reddit, right? Yeah. Well, it's like it's why is it always the form. asshole one? It's like it's where assholes congregate on the internet. I think. Right. right. It's always anytime you hear some awful shit, it's like out of four chance. Yeah. So I don't... May I ask what? is reddit reddit is just a directory of people posting things that they want everyone else to look yeah. at it's a message board the, the, it's, it's a message, like an online yeah. the message strength board. of reddit the thing that the thing behind it that made it successful is you can upvote and downvote posts so what actually ends up happening is it's a sort of crowdsourced forum where the most popular links and the when they do these q and a's with people they call like ask me anythings um better questions get voted up so you actually end up with a really interesting interview with uh, celebrities often but there's a probably science subreddit there's there's some snl subreddits hmm. i don't know if anyone's active in that and wants to mention lorraine and brooks's episodes yeah sure yeah. um i mean like yeah when things like when serial was airing that or you know the yeah, podcast serial course, so yeah. then there were lots of subreddits people would start sub forums to like exchange theories about who they think did it and mm-hmm. i mean it i guess it's just whatever you want it to be it's a message but, board but but it's, yeah but the voting up and the voting down of it is is sort of the the strength behind it mm-hmm. uh, and it's a huge community as well so in in the same way that wikipedia despite obviously having inaccuracies actually ends up being fairly accurate in fact better than most encyclopedias because of its huge number of contributors so many people are fact checking it yeah exactly and yeah. it sort of it converges on something approximating the right thing right. uh reddit because it's crowdsourced and loads of people vote up and vote down ends up actually having quite interesting posts and quite interesting links and it stories sort of, it sort of gets the it sort of converges yeah conglomerates gets the average amount of sexism and racism on the internet awesome. just Basic. all but all like up it's a good you know, sampler the like, most are, popular you know just yeah. sort of turns it into one it's slur. a subset of the internet in that it has some bits of reddit are amazing and some bits are horrible woeful places that you don't want to be anywhere near yeah do you guys know delancey place no what's that that's a, you can get an email every day and it's three to five paragraphs from all nonfiction books on all subjects. It's really great. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Wait, it, it gives you a random assortment of paragraphs from... It's, it's three or five paragraph segments from nonfiction books. That are curated. They aren't just at they're curated. at random. Someone's no, they're curated. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just here's on, some interesting stuff. Yeah. Oh. And it's every subject imaginable Delancey Place Delancey Place is this weekly or daily daily I used to be on a daily thing that would send me a hundred Library of Congress pages from the front of books it was very boring I'll bet yeah just no content there I shouldn't have signed up for it um, well, I, there's a couple of stories that li- listeners have sent in via the aforementioned probablyscience at gmail.com. Um, cool. What do you guys think about... One? I was thinking the DNA-generated faces one was kind of cool. Faces? Faces. faces. DNA-generated um, faces, Guessing you what your face would look like based on your DNA. Mm. This was sent in by Ashley Gattaca, and uh, this is a New York Times article um, in which renderings were created based on people's DNA... Um, representing what they're without any information about without actually seeing the person's face obviously like a guess as to what that what what face that dna would paint and then comparisons to the actual pictures of people and some of them are surprisingly close so what are the attributes that are uh, assigned to the dna so each rendering was created by plugging an individual genetic profile into a predictive tool created by mark d shriver who's a professor of anthropology and genetics at penn state and he and his colleagues have studied the ways that genes influence facial development. And their software yields an image in a matter of minutes, rapidly drawing connections between genetic markers and points in the face. Here we go. So there's a there's a selection of pictures of the actual face and the computer-generated version underneath. Okay. 
And uh, we always link to our stories over on probablyscience.com. Or if you're listening like through the um, iOS podcast app, all the links are clickable within that. So you can look at the episode description. Um, so yeah, in less time than it takes to make a cup of coffee, a sketch, a sketch emerges inferred solely from DNA. And how accurate those predictions are is something they're still researching and experts are still debating. And you can look at the pictures yourself and you know make your own inference about how close they are. Like Some of them look like just generic avatar-y faces from right. video games like that something would create for you. Um, but some of them are surprisingly close to the actual faces of people. Why, why and, is it... Wow. Why... why why is a cup of coffee always the comparison for the amount of time? Yeah, amount of time or amount of money. For That's less true. than for less than a cup of, of coffee, coffee, you could help I this kid not starve. Because it's ubiquitous. Yeah, and I think it's also journalists and scientists both drink a lot of coffee. So it's like on their mind. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I buy that. I buy like that. they really want to compare things to cocaine, but they can't. <laughs> yeah, good call. I'll write that kids. in the national paper. Right. Um. So yeah, at, at the article is in New York Times, and uh, at the New York Times, they did their own somewhat unscientific experiment where they wondered if it'd be possible to identify their own colleagues based on the formula that Dr. Shriver had developed. Um, so John Markoff, a reporter, and Catherine Spangler, a video journalist, each volunteered to share their genetic profile, downloaded from 23andMe, a consumer DNA testing company, and they sent those files over to Dr. Shriver okay. and didn't include any names or information about their height, weight, or age. And that he processed the genotype data and sent them back renderings of those donors' faces. And then they distributed those emails to colleagues via email and a private Facebook group and asked if they could identify those two people. And then told them that they shouldn't take into account age or weight because obviously the picture just knows the DNA and doesn't know how old the person is. So couldn't have like sure. tried to do any kind of aging to it. Um, so just they were like, hey, who does this look like? Bearing in mind this person could be older or younger and heavier or lighter than the image suggestion. And at least a dozen people immediately responded that they could not guess because the images felt too generic. Among the 50 or so who did venture guesses, none identified the man as Mr. Markov, who is 65. And they show a side-by-side here on the article. Um, it does seem like an ad campaign for 23andMe. Yeah. yeah. And also, I'm wondering if this does, if it does genuinely get to the point where it is... Um where you can find a strand of hair at a crime scene and then build up this is what the person looks face, like. yeah. But if aged... If age doesn't come in hand yet, I wonder if we're going to reach a point where all crimes end up having to be committed by either, like, fat babies or old men. <laughs> or like... <laughs> or a rhombus. What's that thing? <laughs> what? The, the uh, vacuum cleaner that... A oh, Roomba. <laughs> yeah. Jared from Subway would be safe. Because he looks nothing like... Commit all the crimes he wants. Guy changes all the time. Right. I told you guys uh, my Jared from Subway story. No, Did you meet Jared? Fuck yeah, I met Jared. I met Jared. Did I tell you my sub- Jared from Subway no, story? No. Do you have a what Jared from Subway ch- story? No. Why did I thought what are Jared... the odds that two people <laughs> of the four here have met Jared? I think his whole job now is just to be man of the people representing Subway. Well, so I worked at Subway for like four years. So well, then that's likely you would have met. Yeah, I was in I was in high school working at Subway. Now Jared would come around, and he he and his like way too young Thai girlfriend. Would like come around oh, and Jared, 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 buddy. Jared. <laughs> um, they would <laughs> they would come around, and um, so he came in, and our manager Don was, dude, I can't believe I haven't talked about this in the show before. So, okay, so I was like fifteen, but my boss was about twenty five, twenty six. Uh-huh. So to me, he's a grown up. He's a total grown up. He's this guy named Don. Who's like balding, twenty five, twenty six. I think his parents. I think he used to be this like big cokehead. So his parents bought him like a subway franchise. (laughs) Like get your life together, right? 
so, we get clean, we're getting you right. a sandwich so shop. I'm, so I'm like 16 years old, and cell phones had just come out, like flip phones, and he would call me in the middle of the night sometimes, like on a school night, and he'd be like, hey, Jesse, uh, do you want to make 100 bucks? And I'd go, what's, what's going on? He's like, go open the store. I'm at the club, met some chicks, told them free Subway. And so I'm a 16-year-old. I have to drive to Subway at 2 in the morning. I have school in a couple hours. Open it up. And he'd come in with these hideous, hideous people. Uh, but it's, that was his move. Like, you guys like sandwiches? And they would roll into Subway. Uh, what a loser that guy is. So anyway, fuck you, Don. Um, so... Jared. This isn't Don Herbst. Or, no, it's Doc Herbst. Doc, Doc, Doc Herbst. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Jared comes in, uh, and he, he comes in with his two young Thai girlfriend, gives a little speech. Um, but, like, the speech wasn't advertised. No one was there for it. It's just, like, five people were standing there. Mm-hmm. And then um, he splits, and he had signed our wallpaper. The next day is 9-11, right? <laughs> so, so what happens is, since 9-11 happened... Subway had to change all of its wallpaper, every subway, because they have the Twin Towers on them. Oh, yeah. And then we're like, what do we do? Do we save the Jared piece? Do we do this? And we call the other store. No, because Jared only signed the Twin Towers (laughs) at subways. That's what he would do is sign the Twin Towers. Oh, geez. (laughs) So we had to lose our Jared thing. I never realized how much 9-11 was an anti-subway statement. It really, it, well, it really was because the cold cut trio went off the menu for a minute. We brought it back. <laughs> we brought it back. Freedom. <laughs> Never forget the gold cut. Man. Can't the let BMT them win. God. Yeah. No, there's the BMT and the BLT, and the BMT means bigger, meatier, tastier. I always wondered what it meant because none of the meats are start with the. Thank yeah, it doesn't you. fucking make sense. It's like a mixture of cheap, like salami-ish things, right? Yeah, it's salami, bologna, bologna makes sense. It's salami, yeah. bologna, and like um, turkey. Meat product. Meat, meat product. Products. Yeah, it's, yeah like it's all processed ground, cheese food. Ground up cheese food. Yeah. yeah, it's dog food. Very quickly, just a quick story that was sent in, I think, also by Justin Broad. I could be wrong. I could be misattributing this. No, it was Morgan Perrine, our old I, friend Morgan Perrine. I want to hear Andy's Jared story. We'll oh, sorry. It. It's I, fine. No, no. I was just because on the subject of things being measured by coffee, uh, oh, yeah. six or more cups of coffee a day could help prevent MS. Thank God. Six cups of coffee. And other neurological diseases, including Alzheimer's or Parkinson's. Um, it can make you have renal tumors or brain lesions, but you know. what the hell? Yeah, it's a tip for that. What's a renal tumor? I don't know. Is that kidney? Renal, I think, has to do with kidneys. Yeah. Renal it? sounds like it involves your ass. Doesn't it's it? Kidney. Yeah. I yeah, it's kidney. I think it's kidney. it's um, kidney. But um, Well, it should, they should change that then, and it should involve the ass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Someone that call it, the get on medical that. community. <laughs> I think you are, you're exactly right, Rain. Whenever there's any stories about this food or this drink or... One cup of uh, two glasses of wine a day can help prevent this, but also causes that. Like it, it's They'll always get you one way or the other. Did right. we talk about the, sto- the story about how fi- up to five um, alcohol units a day is gives a, lo- a lower mortality rate than not drinking at all? Did we talk about that? I'm or did I just fucked. read that and not? Yeah. So if you, if you don't drink at all, you die more often than someone who drinks oh, five drinks God. a day. But I don't have it in front of me. What about um, people that never drank? Did you say life? you die more often than people that? The mortality yeah. rate. <laughs> the mortality rate is higher for those who don't drink at all than almost one hundred percent mortality rate. Yeah. I'd Jesus. say the mortality rate's one hundred percent, Andy. I will uh, over long enough time. Yeah, but uh, I don't have it in front of me, so I'm not going to like cite that. What right is now. your Jared story, Andy? I cut you. Oh, off. it's not that. Great. I was uh, I was doing a, a marathon. Was that that study on Light dot com sponsoring. Right. Exactly. According to according to Doctor Spuds McKenzie, <laughs> uh, the original party animal, according to and a Dr. licensed physician, according to Doctor Philip Morris, yeah. um, 
No, but I was at a, uh, I was at doing a marathon with my then girlfriend um, that was sponsored by Subway. So Jared had to be there as a, just like a you know PR thing, and he was going to be giving out little sub little sandwiches. Oh, at you the and your girlfriend line. were both participating in a marathon race, yes. rather than you were having a marathon with your girlfriend. No, yeah, we were participating <laughs> in a marathon. Hey, that's and, a cold cut trio. And we saw him. He was just like, he was alone. He wasn't like uh, doing a junkety thing right then. He was just checking in at the hotel or something. But he wasn't super busy. Uh, and we both went up to him and just said, hey, do, do you mind if we get a picture? And he was like, sure. Um, so we're on either side of him. Someone takes the picture. And then as soon as the picture's taken, he gives us a boop, boop, like pushes us. Like a double tap, like, double back tap. Yeah, like Forcing us away from him I was like, "Whoa, whoa, Jared!" As if, like, don't worry. Like, I wasn't like, going to hang milk out. Don't the moment. Yeah, like, was, he was worried we we're going like, to become fanboys and like, I, I don't want to. I didn't even want to talk to you. I just wanted right. this picture to make fun of you later. So we all know now. Now you're the hey. You just no. I'm just saying. Like once he was like dismissive of us, as if he's worried we're going to like monopolize his time. Does I'm he like, always wear the fat pants? Like, does he have to he wear like wear them? <laughs> but you know, he brings them with him, he and must. that's the thing. That's what was in the suitcase when he's checking in. He has to whip out those fat pants. People go see him. It's like a Metallica concert. It's like play Inner Sandman, <laughs> motherfucker. Like, dude, you better bring those pants, or I'm out of here. What if it's like Kiss, and it's like when they finally took off the makeup in the '80s? Like he's traveling without his pants, and it's like the fans have to rediscover it's like a him. Jared unplugged right. tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> pantsless. <laughs> Anyhow, okay, so... Do you have uh, anyone more famous than Jared, Lorraine? <laughs> no comment. Yeah. I don't know. I'm losing the will to live right now, guys. Oh. I need an apple or long. something. We did keep you too long. We've kept you too long. So, coffee, MS, it helps. Coffee, MS helps. Might help MS. According to a new study, be presented yeah. at the American Academy of Neurology, Let's 67th hypercliff annual... Let's hypercliff Yes, yes, we will hypercliff note. Um... So past studies suggested that coffee consumption may protect against things like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. In the latest study, they say it could protect against MS. But you have to um, drink six cups or more a day. Right. The first study was a Swedish one involving about 1,600 people with MS and 2,800 healthy ones as a control. Um, okay. And the second study in the U.S. was about 1,000 with MS and about the same number who were healthy. Um, they recorded coffee consumption among people with MS at one in five years prior to onset of symptoms. And um, the Swedish study recorded that consumption 10 years before symptoms began. And uh, the results was that people who did not drink coffee in the year prior to symptom onset were about 1.5 times more likely to develop MS compared with those who consumed six or more <laughs> cups of Jesus. coffee. See, I'm still worried. No stomach lining. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And I'm still worried about any of those stories where, but the kind of people who drink larger amounts of coffee also have specific lifestyles and that also correlates with white collar jobs and it even money says, and it? lifestyle I, th- I would have thought well, so, I mean it depends on certain jobs it even says here at the end like drinking too much coffee has been associated with increased risk of depression and anxiety while some studies have indicated that coffee may interfere with the reproductive cycle it's like it's all uh, it's coffee man Do yeah. we, I mean that's the thing like I, death is inevitable. It's going to happen, guys. We can't stop it. That's and the theme that of today's podcast. Oh, that's Lorraine, where can our listeners find out more about you and your work? Um, well, I have, I'm on Facebook, I, LorraineNewman.com. Excellent. Um, yeah. Twitter. And watch, watch for you on... Mm-hmm. All right. We'll do the tweeting. Thing. And uh, watch for you on the upcoming... Is Inside Out is the Pixar movie? Uh, yes. And uh, also Minions. Minions. The Despicable Me Minions sequel. is going to be huge. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's going to be fun. 
That's awesome. Nice. Uh, well, thank you so awesome. much for well, joining you do, us. You've got a great face for voiceover, and we appreciate you being here. <laughs> thank you. And <laughs> I'm the first person that's ever said anything Why like that ever. You? S- super smart. <laughs> you! As always, any questions, comments, <laughs> clarifications, you can email us, probablyscience at gmail.com. You can tweet us at probablyscience. Probablyscience.com is where we post all of our episodes and links to the stories we've covered. Uh, subscribe if you're not already subscribing. Write nice things about us on iTunes if you fancy. It helps boost our numbers. Tell your friends. Spread the word. Follow Laurie Newman and go and see all of her stuff. And go back. There's a huge back catalog of amazing work. So check out. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, and there's a huge there's a huge uh, future catalog that we look forward to. Uh, thank uh, Lorraine, you. Lorraine, you're very. Uh, this has been great. Thank it's been, you so it's been an much. honor for all of us. It's been I think. Fun, fun. <laughs> um, except for Matt, we had to tell Matt who you were right before you came. But, but, <laughs> we, but everyone else. Um, I don't know Americans. No. <laughs> Does she know John Cleese? Um, Probably. Right? Personally, yes. Yeah, of course. Yes. Well, guys, thanks so much for uh, yeah. Thanks so much for listening. And um, now we're going to turn off the mics and then ask ask Lorraine about things that uh, are gross to talk about on air. <laughs> All right. Promise. <laughs> Bye, guys. See you Happy next week. Happy We have never, uh, none of our products are from brands that are from countries that still exist. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. looking at these names. A lot of Eastern Bloc. A lot of Eastern Bloc. Matt is lovingly careful with Zooms. No, that doesn't work. Alright, I just thought that might be a little less table noise. Jeez, man. How do you know this table noise? Ask permission before you use my shelving liner. <laughs> Jesus. Pretty proud of that stuff. Made it myself. It's a dumb skill, but I make shelving liner from scratch. Weave it. Artisanal <laughs> shelving liner. <laughs> I make artisanal shelving liner. Mm. Those Brooklyn shelvers. For the craftsman's craftsman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the craftsman's craftsman. So that's where craftsman. I make DIY DIY tools. Oh, so is this a family trade that? Yeah, yeah. It's been passed down. He's a fourth generation hipster. Yeah. His great great grandparents were the first. Mm-hmm. Hipsters. Colonial Williamsburg. Yeah, they were the first to. Uh, they didn't listen to the radio. They refused to listen to the radio. <laughs> this is a pre books history. I don't read books. <laughs> or the printed ones. <laughs> the original hipster. The original yeah, hipster. Just under informed. I don't read books. Smoke signals, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. that's the way to communicate. Yeah. It's starting, and I keep saying that. I think we leave in some of this. Yes. We'll piece yeah, it together. Yeah. yeah, let's piece it together. I'll do some, I'll fix, I'll fix all this in post. And you know what we're going to edit it together with? A little Les Baxter. Huh? People. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the king of Exotica himself, Les, ba- Les Baxter? Uh, of course it's the king of Exotica, the king and queen of Exotica. He knows no gender. Ah, <laughs> uh, welcome to the boo Notice the volcanic ash, which is there. <laughs> the voo-voo? Is that what you said? Listen to this bullshit fake ritual music. It's just, yeah, it's like from um, that made-up cult in the Beatles movie, Help. Yeah. When they're <laughs> trying to get Ringo's ring. <laughs> <laughs> but the weird thing is, this became the quintessential Tiki album. But he also recorded ones called Space Capades. Uh-huh. Oh, so it's like fake outer space music, and one's called Voyage to Atlantis. 
So they all just like put you in some weird headspace that's of a fictional universe. But like in my head, it's kind of like Danger Five. Like it's like cardboard sets. You can mm. you can see the cheapness. In you can just see the audio. like even my own imagery of Atlantis when I listen to this music is shitty. Like I see the guy's half his mustache is peeled off. <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> There was a TV show of Buck Rogers when I was a kid, and when they it was live, I think, and when they cut to commercial, right before you could see the actors who had been dead get up. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's cheap. Love it. That's amazing. <laughs> Just stay, t- Tony. Stay dead. Yeah, exactly. Tony, how many times do we have to tell you you stay dead until you hear the soap commercial start? Exactly. That's a, that is a really weird thing to. Uh, Tell are we we're going, yeah. Yes, I mean, cool. we're going like this. Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a it's a weird thing to because um, I've directed just dumb sketches and stuff, and nothing that is in, of any note. Uh, but actors like um, no one lets stuff. It's really hard, like to tell people to let things hang, like just let it hang long enough. People want to like if you the if, scene before the scene has. Yeah, been if you like calls. deliver a line, you know what I mean, and then it's like no, just hold it. Like we'll cut when we cut. Yeah. Just hold stuff. People are really anxious to like, like. All right, say, we're done now. Say the thing, and they just like look at the camera, like nailed it. And it's like, like no, 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 you, you just up. ruined the you whole. Would have nailed it if thing. you just waited yeah. five more seconds. Yeah. Oh yeah, actors. Actors. Uh, right? Improv class. The teacher always says, "Wait five seconds before you say anything." They are incapable of doing that. The scene starts. They talk right away. Yeah, instead it's of like, just letting something happen and breathe. Did you not hear what he said? Um, it's the same the couple of times I've hosted like presented TV thing or film things again it took me so long and I still don't quite you say the final thing or you throw to the commercial break and then you have to sort of keep your face still for another two seconds yeah and it's almost (laughs) impossible not that's you sort of go like Alright, see you after the break. Well, that's done. Like, like, just no, no, look straight. And look well, like, new, newscasters have it made because yeah. they get to do the paper shuffle, talk to the partner. Yeah. Right. And that's that's the perfect outro. I've got some business. Yeah, right. like, yeah. like, like, as but if no, anything's even going on. Still, they, if you if you watch them, they'll throw to the commercials or they'll throw to the thing or at the end of the show and they'll still hold that look for a second or two <laughs> before they do the shuffle. And also, the, the ones on the field as well, when they're out there, they go, like, uh, this is, uh, you know, uh, so yeah, Jonathan Jenkins, BBC News, Sarajevo. Yeah, and then they have to pause for a second, still holding the mic, still looking as if. Yeah. Well, yeah. Until and they go around. Well, yeah, and a lot of that's like satellite situation, satellite feed situations. There's always the one second delay thing. But it's weird if you cut away immediately. It, like it's so the second if they go the second they go Sarajevo cut. Yeah, it looks. Weird. Where did he go? They, well, no, I mean, that's one of the first rules of... Where did he go? Like, viewers haven't learned object permanence yet. <laughs> looking, behind the, looking behind the screen to see where... Where did the reporter go? <laughs> well, no, I mean, even the old, um, you know, Manet movies, like, that. that's one of the first rules of cinematography. Manet? Uh, yeah. Thank you for saying that. But what do you mean? I didn't know who Manet is. I know that Malay? Malay? a painter. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, wait. Malay? Malay? Like, the, the, about the shoot the moon has a face. The Voyage de Lune, that guy. Okay. We oh. talked about him before. Okay. I'm, I know I got his name wrong though, but anyway, even then, it's. I was yeah, thinking yeah, of the painter. You can't. Uh, well, there's there's Monet and Manet. And, yeah. Um, who's Manet's stuff is in town right now. Really? And uh, yeah, and so is Van Gogh, dude. And I really want to go see the Van Gogh shit. Where is it? I'm a huge Van Gogh fan. He's touring right now, and everyone brings up the fact that he cut off his ear. That's like the big thing. When I think the crazy part is that the guy had three ears. Like that's why isn't that a bigger? <laughs> 
He cut off his spare end. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, why isn't that the... It's like how recently, like, like I've been told that my penis tastes like coffee. And people think that's crazy. But then it's like, no, the news here is that my dog can talk. Like, I have a talking <laughs> dog. Like, that's, you know, guys, pay attention. <laughs> um, so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, what is it? Ladies' Day? What is it? Ladies International Women's Day. Happy International Day. Happy International Women's Day. It was actually called Ladies' Day rather than Women's Day. Yeah. Oh, that'd be yeah. so <laughs> so demeaning. Am I right, Ladies' Day? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Broads Day. The theme song. <laughs> Chicks Day. Oh, well, it's Ladies' Day. Oh, what a day! <laughs> Your Happy Broads Day. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, no, all the Mene stuff's at, like, Getty right now, and then I think LACMA has the Van Gogh stuff, and I gotta go oh, see the I gotta see it. I'm a huge Van Gogh, I really am a Van Gogh fan. The first, um, this is weird, uh, the, but I'm glad it turned out this way, is the first nudity that I ever saw mm-hmm. was because I was a real weird artist kid, like, I was just painting and all this stuff, and, um, so my parents bought me a Van Gogh book, so it was, like, this charcoal of this, like sad-looking naked woman in a corner. There was nothing sexual about it. It was like, like a That's bump. my type. It was... Yeah. No, but it's, <laughs> no, but it's still... It, be into this forever. That's kind of what happened, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> like I said... It imprinted it for you. really imprinted. Like, Uh-oh. I can only date charcoal women. Gnarly. Um, but... Like, very powdery... Like chimney sweeps? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, chimney sweeps. Dusty faces. Yeah. I'm, I'm really into chimney sweeps. That's why Matt and I are friends. Right. I got um, a hookup. Yeah. Uh, Must have pendulous Dutch breasts. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, the pendulous Dutch breast. I love. <laughs> Good call. Everything over there's a windmill. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs>